0: Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Grant and I'm joined tonight by my co-host Liam. Hello everybody and
1: welcome to Flawless.
0: Um, each episode, one of the hosts or a guest proposes an album which they believe to be flawless. Um, we do a whole lot of prep around it, make notes and and in the session now we discuss uh, why it's flawless and um, give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. We have a Facebook group. Uh, we are Flawless Friends and Family. The link is in the show notes, and um, we'd like to announce there what, in advance what albums we're covering. We also have a Patreon, and for about a, for as little as a dollar a month, you can back us and receive uh, exciting things like bonus episodes. And again, the link is in the show notes, but you can find us on patreon.com forward slash flawless Now, tonight <laughs> is an exciting night in particular because we have a guest would you like to introduce yourself
2: please thank you very much my name is graham ashton or better known as asho um i've been around brisbane music my whole life i run a music company called footstomp music and as a hobby i write and record songs in a
0: band called gesticulations thank you very nice. much that is exciting and you've got a couple of albums coming out is that right
2: one just out last yes. week, so that's um, three in the last year.
0: And that was Dongs Dongs of Savotion, was it? Or I got the no, wrong no, one close. entirely. The Existence that's... of My
2: Bane. Sorry. <laughs> so, there you go. Excellent. Similar wordplay. Yes. Similar wordplay. Forgive me for that one.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Asher. Now tell us, what um, album <clears throat> are you nominating tonight?
2: The Lemonheads' It's a Shame About Ray is the flawless album that I am proposing. <laughs> Takes me on a rock and stroll. You won't wait because I won't know. If I I hope you throw a smile at me. This a frame is all I've known. I won't walk walking until I've grown. All I've been shown is everything I want to see. People's knees
1: and trust trees. Smile at me. looking up Fantastic. With Excellent. Nice work.
0: So, thanks very much for that Lemonheads Heads. Um, over to you, Liam. Have you well, ever asked why?
1: Yeah, Asher. How, how? did you, how did you discover why? Lemonheads and it's a shame about Ray? Well, I guess because of my age,
2: I was. I feel like I was always a Lemonheads fan. I think oh. um, I was in Brisbane playing in bands when the first records came out, when Hate Your Friends and Lick and those um, really early kind of indie rock punk rock records of Lemonheads came out. My mm-hmm. mates and I were huge fans. Um, so I followed them all the way along, um, and yeah, and then this masterpiece came along. I think what was it, album five? Am I right in saying? Fifth album, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Very different from the okay. work that they'd done before. They kind of teased to this kind of joyous, melodic, power pop in the earlier records, but it was only kind of one or two sprinkles, songs. yeah, mm-hmm. little teasers, and then there was a whole cohesive album of joy that came in
1: what yeah. what year was this one 1990,
2: 1992 1992 so yeah
1: um so then so were the early albums punker that's what i punk-ier, that's what I read that's so, like much yeah. more gritty and yeah much stuff. so
2: he, yeah. he had a co-writer a guy called ben deity i think is how you pronounce mm-hmm. his name and ben and evan would share songs share the lead on songs and ben's songs were particularly punky and yep. you know post post hardcore kind of Squirrel Bait, Slint, mm-hmm. Dinosaur Jeez. Jr. in that okay. in that world, mm. yeah, nice. and um, yeah, and then Evan always had the voice, you know, like for me, mm. without question,
1: one of my favourite vocalists, but nice. just a pure singer. Yeah. So if you continue to follow Lemonhead, so they had a couple of albums a couple of years after that, and then they sort of started taking a bit longer breaks. So yeah. Followed them all the way through. Still do, yeah. Still do, yeah. Still, if, if, he, okay. if he put out anything, I'd be
2: jumping on to. Nice. Listen, no, I'm a, a lifelong fan mm-hmm. and. Warts and all. And yeah. to be a, a fan of Evan Dando and Lemonheads, you have to have <laughs> okay. to be prepared for anything. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So any of the other ones you think people should check out? Like any of the other ones that almost get to that flawless well, level? certainly,
2: yeah, I'd say Come On Feel, the one that follows this. Mm-hmm. I think it was a bit of a one-two punch, I think. Okay. The two albums are companion pieces that almost coexist mm-hmm. together and it, whatever it was in his life at the time, he he was on. You yeah. know, for that, I guess... In those days, they were probably three or four years apart. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, they sit perfectly. Oh, no, so those two
1: were only one year apart. So, oh, so come on, Feel The Lemonheads came out in '93. Yep. There that you go. Because like, yeah, so in my one mind,
2: one one they were
0: they Close. were definitely companion pieces. Mm-hmm. And have you ever seen them laugh, asha
2: Dozens of times. <laughs> nice. Dozens. Every time. <laughs> right. I guess the most the most obvious reference to this album because the key story for this album is its connection to Australia. It's almost mm. an Australian album in a lot okay. of ways, this one. So Evan Dando was supporting Fulgazi, which mm-hmm. is an interesting mix, <laughs> in, on an Australian tour, and he was playing solo, and Fulgazi, a legendarily straight edge, and would play only at venues with no alcohol at all ages, and their support act was <laughs> the loosest unit getting around. Well, yeah.
0: and there's references. Yeah, legendarily <laughs> yeah. loose unit.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I saw them play at a venue next to the um, Fortitude Valley train station called Boulder Lodge. And then he did a one-off solo show at Woolloongabba. So I'm guessing that was at Van Gogh's Earlobe was the name of that venue. Cool. And then he went down, did the rest of the tour, and he just stayed in Sydney. And the story of this album comes off the back of that because Mm -hmm. it is definitely everything about it was written and, inspired by his time in Sydney. So it's yeah. Even though it was recorded in Los Angeles, I feel that this is in a lot of ways a uh, an Australian album.
1: Yeah. It's super like Evan Dando loves Australia. He's been here so many times. Lemonheads on his solo stuff, anything. Yeah, he loves loves it here in Australia. I spent a lot of time here, which is really cool.
0: Wow. So Liam, yes, have you seen Lemonheads. Well, do you want to go have, well, heard they, have you heard of them Of course, have had, abs- you've heard i of had, them. Absolutely heard you them. had absolutely heard you had absolutely i'd never of listened course. to an album
1: in full until i know i knew about this album and it's got a like it's got a very great reputation in the yeah. right cycles and everything but when i first i didn't i wasn't listening to this kind of music in 92 when it came out but the first thing that i did start getting into sort of the more the alternative music was triple j's hottest 100 compilation in 96 from mm-hmm. the 96 countdown and that had Lemonheads. if i could talk i tell you on it and I love that song. That's a really cool song. I think that was off there. It must have been off Car Button Cloth, I guess. It was. Um, so, yeah. And then I started listening to so the um, outdoor types, all the singles and everything I knew and I listened to, but I'd never actually gone and listened to a full album all the way through.
0: So, you haven't seen them live?
1: Not Lemonheads. I've seen Evan, Evan Dando, Dando live. Okay. Yes. So, we, he played a show at the zoo at one stage Yes. As under his solo moniker, but half the songs were Lemonhead songs anyway, sure. and it was really cool. And yeah, had a great time. I didn't know many of the songs. So I looked at the set list last night and I didn't know many of the songs. I would have been like, oh, I don't really know these ones. And then he played like four of the songs that I knew all as the encore. So I think I would have left it like really happy. Like, oh, thank yeah. God he played all the ones I knew. But Eventually. before that, it was just, yeah, the vibe, which was really cool as well. Awesome. And I remember he also played Splendor in the Grass one year when MC5 came out. And I think he was part of their touring band as well. He played on stage with them. Members of MC5, I think, have passed away, so they needed extra people up on stage. And then my wife and I were wandering around Splendor at some stage that year and saw him walk past in a drug-induced haze, like very clearly couldn't see anything around him. He was just sort of wandering. Focus, or, yeah. or not? not focused the, Yeah. Not antithesis. Of so yeah, we remember. Of, there's lots of stories around.
2: about how that was a real moment in his life. Like okay. that Splendor, yeah, was a real um, rock bottom kind of moment. So okay. that was after
1: that. He started to get a handle on things oh, a little bit. That's so, cool. Yeah, awesome. Grant, yes. Had you ever heard of the Lemonheads before they got nominated?
0: I had, <clears throat> and only for the cover.
1: <laughs> yes, I didn't mention the cover. Yes, I also knew the cover. And, so,
0: yeah, um, which was very big in um, boarding school. And so, when that was came out ninety two, that would have been my first year at high school. Mm-hmm. And you are, you know, lower than the shadow of the under the shock shit yeah and you know we, we got when uh, you allowed to be a um what do you call a, a glassy here where you can pick mm-hmm. up glasses at the at the oh, dinners, yeah, yeah. At the formals and that mm-hmm. this absolutely um well, mrs robinson absolutely came on so it was it was quite a staple um certainly in the on the dance floor of, mm. of the eastern cape of south africa for many many years yeah um, but the rest of the album no any could i name another song from them no,
1: yeah. Um, so that's the question we have to ask. So the album was originally released, and then they put that song together, and it went off huge. And so they were like, right, "We'll pre- repress the album and send it out again." Yep. So do you are you nominating and do you know it as the album with Mrs. Robinson on the end or with Jamie Frank Mills? I keep going and say Jamie Mills for some reason. Grew was like, "There's no such thing as no, Jamie Mills in my mind." Frank Mills. Frank Mills is the, is the, the last, last one. Song on oh, song. okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. There so, we go. And I'm not against Mrs. Robinson.
2: Lemonheads put at least one cover on every album they yep. did. It was well, wonderful that this song opened up a lot more people to hear the record. But yep. for me, it's the version with
1: Frank Mills on. So Frank head. Frank Mills is a cover. Frank Mills. Frank Mills is still a cover of a song from Hair, the music. Hair, the music. Rent the musical. Why didn't I write that down? Hairspray. Hair, Hair the musical. Yeah, of a, like so yep. it's a song sung by a young girl. Who's fallen in love with a guy from the wrong side of the tracks and doesn't, you know. She's like, Oh, I love him, but he's from the wrong side of the tracks, and he's a bit smelly and grotty. And then Evan, <laughs> no. just, and then Evan just plays it like straightforward, like doesn't gender change anything, doesn't like no. Like no. George no, Harrison. This is a, yeah, he looks this like is George song Harrison I love, from I'm the just Beatles. So super cool. Cool. super cool. It is cool. So
0: we'll get to that. So this Sorry. is a big change of things because I've been listening to it like this closes
1: with um with what's his face, sold Robinson. Robinson.
0: Robinson, yeah. Okay. Right. Okay,
1: let's go. So, Lemonheads are Evan Dando, Juliana Hatfield at the at the time of recording this album was Evan Dando, Juliana Hatfield, David Ryan, Nick Dalton who played bass on Mrs. Robinson and then Jeff Skunk Baxter who played the slide guitar on one of the songs. And then yeah, Juliana Hatfield would leave the Lemonheads like basically in the aftermath of this album and then Nick Dalton who played bass on Mrs. Robinson would join the band permanently permanently i'm not sure if he still is I, No, yeah i don't I, think he's still there but, yeah, yeah i feel like is just whatever evan whatever people show up so yeah yeah so the, the title the name of the album is even inspired by something a headline that he saw in australia so it was at a time when um ray martin no well-known australian journalist had been fired as the host of channel nine or someone's morning show whoever it is and there was a literal headline that said it's a, it's shame, a shame about, about ray, ray. And Evan just picked up the paper and was Stop like, it. "That's an awesome phrase. I love it. I'm going to turn it into a song and an album and a whole thing." Yes, but your research is cool. Isn't it? That's like, good. Isn't like it? It. it is yeah. really good.
0: Because I was going, "Hey, what happened to Raymond?" I'm listening to the song. I'm looking at the lyrics. I mean, luck like, did he peg? Mm. No, he was just extra one of the one of the news agencies.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like it's just a it's just a headline, and then so the song itself doesn't have anything to do with ray martin as far as i could tell yeah, yeah, no. well, yeah i know but yeah he just saw, I saw the headline and was like and crafted like a worldwide international hit with it
0: yeah which is and it is an easy song i mean like that one really you'd see that that, mm. that would be a um a cool track yeah to hit the charts
1: so charted in australia number 23 here in the aria charts and number 36 in the u.s billboard 200 as well so got a, got a bit of attention for like a sort of a lo-fi indie release which is really cool uh, and it was produced by the Rob Brothers, who I hadn't I hadn't heard of, or did I don't know if they do anything else Asher, that you knew of.
2: Well, they they leg, own a legendary studio in Los Angeles, and mm. they were they were songwriters from the sixties, pop okay. songwriters okay. from nice. the sixties. I certainly don't know of any other records that they worked on. Really strange choice mm. as well for an indie artist like that at that yeah. time, but kind of a magical mixture. Yeah, you know, I think brought something out of it for sure. Like,
1: mm.
0: So what's, um, what are the big numbers, I suppose, from your side or what, um, Asha, that you really love from this album?
2: Well, Rock and Stroll, straight
0: out of, oh, the, straight cool? out of the blocks for yeah, a song. For so sure. that's
2: got a really heavy Australian link to it. So that song is about Robin St. Clair's baby at the time and Robin St. Clair was from a really loved Sydney band called Hummingbirds. Okay. And she ended up writing probably the biggest ever Lemonhead song that was on the next record called Into Your Arms. Okay. And so they she'd obviously just had a baby and it was about their experience hanging out with her baby and just such a joyous It is you know, a people's nice track, knees, yeah. trunks of trees. Yeah. Smile at me, you know, pretty cool. I'm gonna from, try from
1: the point of view of a baby. Yeah. Like, like not just yeah. like yes. there's, there's songs that are about babies, but this is the first time I think I ever heard that was like, I'm in the baby's point of view. I'm yeah. looking out, I can only see knees and trees and you know, mm. people smiling at me all the time, and, so like and in so my cool. mind, it's Newtown and Inner West Sydney okay. with all yeah. of the trees and the
2: terrace yeah. houses, and they're walking around pushing the pram, mm. being loose and weird is yeah. the way my mind hey. pictures the time that they're having, and sure. they're they're pretty
0: happy. So it wasn't his, It was just they were just hanging with the baby, but like with Robinson Sinclair and her baby, it wasn't yeah. his baby? No,
1: that he, it wasn't Emma no. Dano's kid, just a mate okay. of his. Yeah, right, uh, and cool. just um, just like an instant head nodder yeah like yeah, yeah easy three way. seconds in i'm picturing mm. myself as like um, drums catchy Wayne tune and from wayne's world just like yeah. doodle 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 doodle, and just like nodding mm. left and right back and forth it's so cool
0: i really enjoyed it in fact um the these guys on this album for mine sounded like a bit more of a funkier version of soul asylum if you remember
1: okay um,
0: mm-hmm. um
1: yeah and the but so. i know of them but i don't know anything by them
0: um, Runaway Train yeah. would have been their biggest hit mm-hmm. um, but they just sound I, I thought there were smatterings across here of, yeah. of Soul Asylum well, mm-hmm. there's it's, familiarity it's of with that.
2: that indie music getting into country really Yeah, like yeah, yeah, sure. they, folk and country and, and Soul yep. Asylum were doing exactly the same thing yeah. at a very similar time at the same too,
0: time you know? very similar time yeah. for sure mm-hmm. um, but yeah really cool opening track and goes into um, into Confetti which is also a really cool song
1: yeah so it's- um, Lifts the pressure a little bit, like it's not quite as fast, but no. like a nice, gentle acoustic pop sort of song, um, which I completely heard the mi- the lyrics wrong. Did you? Yeah. So I'll pr- uh, I probably got the lyrics what you what you've got, but yes. So the phrase that the Motif he uses a lot is he kind of should have sort of would have loved her if he could have. Hey but I always heard that as Hey Candace should have sort of would have loved her. so. Instead of Hey, He Kinda. I always heard Hey, Candice. So he was singing yeah. it to a woman about her partner. Yeah, but right. it wasn't until I actually looked up I was like, oh, that, that was like, I like that triangle idea that there was something yeah. going on And it was He was a <laughs> sing. He was just singing to a person or about a person yeah. about someone other. But yeah. Lyric Buddies. Yeah. So what the same so one. Super
0: cool. I, I really, really liked it, those lyrics, yeah. Mm. And then it's a shame, a shame about Ray. I mean, well, cool.
1: Well, because the, the, other, the other motif from the second song is he'd rather be alone than pretend. Which is which is really cool. That's what like it says. Like just a nice little <laughs> yeah. deciphering your own. Yeah, well, it's actually it. two
0: lines because I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, okay, I yeah. that.
1: That's the first one there, and then. But that's, he'd rather that's I think that's very like it's a very pretend. emotionally mature. being. I was like, no, no, it? I'm not. Yeah, I'd rather not be with someone than pretend I like them and you know force it and you know I know that she likes me. It feels like it's kind of like she definitely likes him and loves him, but he's like, no, I don't feel that way. But I'm not going to pretend I do just so that, because that way it's convenient. It's like, no, I'd rather just not. I'd rather just be alone. Mm. It's really cool.
0: Let like say mature, bro. Yeah,
1: like, very mature.
0: How, how much easier is that? Yeah. Let's <laughs> just be mature <laughs> about it. Let's yeah, some, yeah, like, that's it. Let's just, if it's like, not, let's just If it's not, not, not. it's not.
1: Because that way lies only long-term heartbreak as well. Eventually, Correct. you're going to be like, well, I know. Hey, I stayed with you for whatever period I've, of time it was, but it turns out I never really was no, that interested. Created a
0: bigger mess yeah. for all of us yeah. now.
1: Chaos. But yes, it does lead into It's a Shame About Ray. Nice theme thematic song for the oh. self-titled.
0: And then "Rudderless," which I've written literally very soul asylum-ish. Mm. There you go. So "Rudderless" yeah.
2: is a really important song for me for it. I think it's mm. one of the here we go. One of the songs on the record. Well, for me there's such an overarching theme across this record about falling in love with life for all of its flaws and all of its beauty mm-hmm. whether it's people or drugs obviously there's a lot of drug references yes. in this song and like any new love sometimes you know it just it all feels perfect before it goes weird and dark <laughs> and, and falling in love with drugs has that reputation as well sure. like yeah it doesn't go weird and dark in the first weekend it yeah. takes a little <laughs> while for that stuff to happen and rudderless is clearly him kind of reflecting on some moments where it's yeah. maybe not so perfect and so fun, mm. but in a really clever way. It still musically has joy to it, Yeah, absolutely, it and makes you feel good. But if you if you dig deep, there's some moments in there, you know, Ship Without a Rudder, I Don't Want to Die, you know, there's some lines. Hope that, in My Post, yeah, closing yeah. with that. Mm. So oh. that's one of the songs where it's... Maybe not saying
1: everything's a party. I'm um, yeah. getting a bit lost. You and know, and that
0: repeat of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So you'd have
1: if if he felt so inclined, he'd have a really good sing along moment with the crowd there. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they would sing along to that bit. Not sure he'd probably be that interested in having crowd sing along moments generally, but sure. he would. Yeah. yeah, He's got one there if he wants it. And Juliana At- Hatfield has a bit more pronounced vocals on that track as well. For sure, she definitely features too. So that's really cool. Definitely sort of more folksy Americana. Just jumping back to It's a Shame About Ray was co-written by, with Dando and Tom Morgan. Okay. Who was in in an Australian band called Smudge, who were really cool. And then Tom Morgan, Evan Dando, and my favorite guy, Paul Dempsey, and (laughs) Grant's laughing because I've tied it back to something for Kate again. Please do. We're in an awesome band called The Give Goods, and they put out one album and then... That Paul Dempsey produced, and he did all the drumming and the keys and stuff behind it. And Dando and Tom Morgan were sort of the guitar voices. Mm. Okay. And then they, yeah, that was just like a one and done, and they one, one album. And, and yeah. And I remember and seeing that's a geography I mean, thing as I, well. I mean, I yeah, love. and I saw the Give Goods, and I have to assume I don't remember at the time Paul Dempsey didn't play because that I would no. have known, and Evan wouldn't have played either. Yeah, that's why I was. Yeah I, yeah, I was
2: working on that record as well. Okay, sweet, interesting experience, but. Tom Morgan looms very large, not just on that song, but um, him and Evan probably still are in my mind, but best friends like clicked amazingly when Evan decided to stay in Sydney. Tom has co-written most of the hits that the Lemonheads have ever had over the next few years, like a lot of the big songs. I'm guessing that the royalties from Lemonheads' hits is what's made his life okay to be a songwriter and not have to go and do much else, I imagine. And Smudge, as you say, is such a cool band. And Mm. there's other connections to Smudge later in this record as well. But Tom Loom's very large in Evan's life. Mm. And, yeah, those two together were much stronger together than separate. Yeah. So through their careers as songwriters without each other. Symbiotic. was still very good. But Mm -hmm. when they put their heads together, it went from, you know. Yeah. From a seven to a nine. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow,
0: cool. Man. So, yeah,
1: Give Goods is an, yeah, I've got that. I still play that to this day. That's a really cool album. I
0: and mean, then it's very difficult to interpret or to misinterpret number my, five. My Drug Buddy. Yeah, well.
1: No, it's just a nice, like you talked before about like that, uh, that connection to people, but the connection to drugs as well. And like, this is a person that he, it, it's like about hanging out with someone that you do drugs with, but he, he says he loves her, but it doesn't really feel like it's a love, like a romantic like a full-on romantic connection no. i want to be with you it's more just like hey you're this person who does this with does me. this thing that i love doing and i love doing it in the moment i'm hanging out with you and we're doing it together mm-hmm. and there's a kind of a love there but it's not necessarily like a pure romantic mm-hmm. date a cool or like that so. but, and, so, and if you think about theme. that time as well so that early to
2: mid 90s time and how drugs were part of our culture and and what kind of drugs were part mm-hmm. of our culture in that time and Yeah, it's it's, certainly there weren't songs being released that were as honest as this. No, at the time they were shrouded with mystique. If you were trying to tell the story, he's just like, "I'm going to score with my mates today," and I hope there's still some of the same stuff we got yesterday. Like, I love the honesty of it, and such a beautiful song, like melodically,
0: Mm -hmm. the vocal performance. Yeah, it just makes me feel good. Yeah, organ pieces through it as well. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, they got that, ref- that reference. There's still, I'm hoping something that, was the effect of, there's still some of the same stuff we got yesterday.
1: Mm. So he says, She's coming over,
2: we'll go out wide.
1: And it's just such a 1992 because, like, why would we go out to make a phone call? Yeah. Mm. Now I'm like, why would you? Oh, that's right. You had to. And maybe he's living in a place that's a bit dilapidated. Maybe they haven't paid the phone bill, so they can't make phone calls there. So it's kind or of. Or
2: like, you don't want the
1: police to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that was that. Sure. thing. So I was like, you go sure. to a phone booth. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, yeah, it's just, oh, it seems so different world It like is. It is. Yeah. A phone booth. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty something. Twenty. Yeah, the other right. So the 25th anniversary edition of this. No, thirty. 30. Let's go with sorry. thirty. The yeah. 25th anniversary is out now. The 30th anniversary edition comes out in a couple of weeks. Mm. So it's on their band camp. So if people want to check that out, we certainly will be. Because, yeah, it's such a cool album. And then The Turnpike Down, which is sort of a bit more uptempo, not quite punky, but still a bit more sort of upbeat. But this is one of a couple of songs where his it's actually not clear what he's singing about because yeah. it's more of like that maybe drug-induced haze, stream of consciousness stuff. Like he's just picking words out of his brain and throwing them out there and finding words that work together well for him but – the ex, like there's no clear explanation of what they're actually about so it's yeah he, mm. there's only a couple of times he does it but it's yeah this is definitely one of them
0: and moves swiftly into Bit Pot, which is a real funky track I'll so mm. cool, cool
1: yeah like and it opens with screaming does anyone <laughs> do you know what that's from the vocal sample where there's no. a woman screaming I, I don't I, I can picture her she's an actress
2: I think it might have been the Mary Tyler Moore okay show she, yep. she's an American actress of the time yes I can't remember her name but I can picture it and yeah i want to be a bit part in your life a cameo Mm. yeah some great lines a walk on or something yeah such a way of it's almost like um oh how do you explain that kind of love when it when you it's all give and no take what's the word i'm looking for
0: unrequited that's Mm -hmm. no
2: that's the other side of it but there's a the way you feel about your kids no matter what they do you're going to love them under any circumstance there's a adjective that fits for that Unrequired which is, if it's is lost returned. on me but um um
0: yeah it'll come yeah <laughs> okay. so
2: so it's that kind of love and it's like i don't actually care if it's returned but mm-hmm. you've got it all from me and i just want a bit part in your life yeah mm. so and it's musically and vocally it, it says what the lyrics say in such yeah. a cool way it just makes you feel
1: yeah so all i'm the way, happy with that you know it's got a really cool line nothing traumatic when i go yeah. So it's like, you know, I just want to come in, do a thing. And if I'm not here, I don't want you to fall apart or have any yeah. kind of problems or anything. That'd be a problem for you. I just want to be able to step away. So it's just that bit part. Unconditional. Yeah. There we go. Nice.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you.
1: All these songs are super short. This is a super short. I know. Song, yeah. like and I like super short. you
0: know, Certainly from a flawless host's perspective. Yeah. The um, so Short and sharp work, The more songs, work for the... The more songs yeah. on the
1: album And the longer they are The more chances Ooh. there are For a mistake So it's like yeah If you can get 10 songs in That are all 3 minutes It's like yeah And like most of them Don't lyrically Don't do a lot either Like most mm. of them Are like 3 or 4 phrases Or yep. 3 or 4 little yep. passages He doesn't go into big stories He has his idea He puts it with some music He puts it out And it's like Well I'm done with that You know Let's do do something else so I know really I've mentioned
2: cool. it But I want to emphasize
1: again The vocal
2: performances mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like as a vocalist incredibly underrated like people when they think about the great singers in contemporary music you rarely hear Dando mentioned but Mm -hmm. for me right up there like as far as emotional connection from a
0: vocal performance he slays me just a great singer and from you know with the dark themes acknowledging the drug story has he uh, has he ever openly spoken about that and that he's gone through challenges and he's addressed it or? Well my
2: understanding at the time he or he, well, all through his career when it comes to media and stuff yes he absolutely just to tell the truth. Okay. So there was a right, time though. when he couldn't do an interview um, might have been after this album going to come on feel because and, and that's where if I could talk I would tell you comes from. Mm-hmm. he was meant to do a big interview like Rolling Stone or Spin magazine or something. And he couldn't talk because he'd been smoking too much crack.
1: And Jeez. he wrote it down
2: for the interview and said, sorry, I can only write answers for you right? because I've been smoking too much crack. So his whole life as a human and, and an artist, the way he's communicated through song or in interviews or with his audience is brutal honesty and it's just like what you see is what you get. It's kind of flawed and mm-hmm. particularly no, sure. the live shows like legendarily maybe Two out of ten are going to be a good one. Like mm-hmm. a, I probably really, huh? I would have seen at least ten, and that number would be right. You know, yeah. most of them are pretty scary because he's unplayable.
1: Train wrecks and yeah, yeah. The thing is, yeah, there's a few bands around that have that reputation of like, if you want to go and see them, you you hope you get them on a good night because if like I think it was the Vines as well, we're definitely like that as for well. For sure, it was like yeah, you really want to hope you get them on a good night because if it's a bad night, it's just going to be a bad night for everybody. So it's yeah. And when you say that, like.
0: It's not just him, like everyone's just. No, generally him. So the rest of the band were regularly
2: frustrated. Okay. And they'd be going, oh, pretty tight, usually, and trying their best. And Mm -hmm. they'd be going, where's he going? What's happening? You know, is he going to turn up? There were certainly long periods of his career. I think the last couple of times I've seen Lemonheads play, they were much tighter. His voice was a little. As He gets Weary. A bit, a bit older, you know. A bit older. Yeah. yeah, it's he'd gonna happen. Done, yeah. He'd done a bit
0: of damage to it. I think yeah, it wasn't sure. quite the same, but no filter will do that. Just the, just having a filter, you know? yeah.
1: Because <laughs> there was a thing I said I read online where he, he used to because he was now part of like the rock and roll scene and stuff. And he'd like he'd hug go up and hug Courtney Love. And he did something with Kurt Cobain that was a bit weird, yeah. But he said that his like the people around him, like his record people and his promotion people, would tell him, Hey, yeah, you know, if you if you get the inkling, go and do it because you'll know people. you get the reputation as the crazy guy and everyone will want to know you. And he didn't necessarily want to do it all the time, but he just felt like that's yeah. what he had to do to Appreciate maintain it. Yeah, he did thing. say that he, he didn't have anyone
2: around him pulling him back. Yeah. No one was taking care of him and going, maybe you shouldn't smoke crack this morning before that show yeah, or whatever. sure. He, it was quite the opposite. It was be you, you know. He was yeah. encouraged to be loose and mm. all of that. And it might have been cool to have a tour manager or someone around to go, hang on.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, somewhere maybe, with a bit more maybe of maybe have a lemon just sip. rail
2: gods. Yeah. And yeah. just go, you know, party on non-a show day. Sure. Wait mm-hmm. till the
1: weekend or your Monday night or whatever. Yeah. And...
0: well after the show. Yeah. And then do the
1: two day bender or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, lots of ups and downs in Evan Dando's life. Um Allison's starting to happen. Mm. Nice chunky strangled guitar stroke. So yeah. another something for Kate reference, Paul Dempsey opens like half of his <laughs> songs. With like holding onto the string really tight and then yeah. just thrashing the guitar and then sliding into it, which is really cool. So this is a big smudge reference as well. Allison is mm-hmm. the drummer from smudge. Okay, sweet. So yeah,
2: Alison's getting a tit pierced, Alison's growing a mohawk. Yeah. yeah. And and if you I don't know if you've ever seen photographs of Alison Galloway from Smudge, but no. one of the most beautiful women still. But mm-hmm. when she was in her twenties and and this was going on, she was just the coolest. Like no sure. one. Not yeah, many no people cooler than watching yeah. Alison Galloway play drums mm-hmm. and then they wrote a song about her on this record and have made it into folklore. Yeah. But um, such a cool story. Just write a song about my mate and her mm. growing into Literally. something cooler. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's yeah. what was, what it's about. But Straighty. Great song
0: too. That is a cool song. Really cool song.
1: So he says on that one... So yeah, just that it's it's almost awkward if it's about a real person because it's kind of like a starting to develop a crush yeah. on this person. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, mm. sure, you know, they were friends or they knew each other or what have you. But yeah, and just the super fast another like really nice head nod. I think it felt like it was if their previous albums were kind of more punky, it felt like this would have been like a bit of a callback to that and sort yeah. of giving people something a bit of the taste of what they had on their previous album. So. And I don't it. know that he's really. I don't think of him as one of the great lyricists. I, I think mm-hmm. of him
2: as one of the great singers. And mm-hmm. one of the great vessels for yeah. maybe other people's lyrics, and but that's a great lyric. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I'm imagining Evan
1: wrote that one. It wasn't Tom. I'm not sure, but it's. Uh, it's yeah, I didn't have. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Straight yeah. up, Evan. Yeah. That is a beauty. Mm. Grant, any other songs that you really love that we haven't touched on just yet? Um,
0: no, look, I enjoyed. I enjoyed both Hannah and Gabby and in, in Kitchen, mm-hmm. and then like the the reference around ceiling fan in my spoon. Even for me, a very naive man in relation to um dabbling in the dark side of drugs i'm like well sure but that must be yeah. um that's not a that's not a breakfast cereal spoon <laughs> yeah. that this man's referring to yeah you're um, right
2: that's the companion to rudderless on the album mm, that's okay the other song i think that is okay maybe i should put the brakes on
0: yeah um and then and i really enjoyed frank mills like, yeah. i
1: thought like it's a really cool. Mm. Um, Cool track as well. Just to jump back to Kitchen, it's unfortunate George couldn't be here because this is basically like a checklist of all the things that she loves in a song. It's got bongo drums, it's got hand claps, it's got sirens at one stage, there's oohs and ahs, there's like multiple guitar parts doing stuff, like the female vocalising, there's like a wailing guitar solo and then more of that chunk. So it's just like a lot of the other songs in the album were quite straightforward and then they just took all the experimentation and all the weird musicianship and instrumentation and just threw it into this one song. I think the the producers
2: had a bit to do with this song, like when you the do what, yeah. Who's yeah. and ours in mm-hmm. it. Like when you think about 60s pop writers and producers, in yeah. my mind I'm going, I don't think that's something that Evan Nando would have thought. Would happened. have all, uh, in his in, own... Certainly naturally, sure. knowing all of his songwriting
1: to this point, I'm like, yeah. but it's cool. Kitchen mm-hmm. is it is cool. fantastic
0: it all how It all happened is cool. How it all started in the kitchen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. And that nice. one's co-written
1: by Nick Dalton, who was about okay. to become their permanent bass player. Too, so who
2: he... is also worth mentioning because of the Sydney connection. So Nick runs still... A very cool indie label in Sydney called Half a Cow, Mm -hmm. Yes, who I'm pretty sure were putting out Smudge and Hummingbird's records at the time, Mm -hmm. part of the same gang that befriended Evan and went on to play the bass in Lemonheads for some years.
1: And early Sidewinder stuff too, so we've done Sidewinder before. I think not their albums, but when they were EPs and their early singles and stuff, they were on Half a Cow.
0: Awesome.
1: So yeah, very awesome label.
0: Any, any other ones, songs you want to talk to? Um, I was
1: thinking, yeah, we can. Frank Mills is just, like I said, it's a cover of a song from Hair the Musical. Mm-hmm. It's just him and an acoustic. So, and it almost, you hear him say, You're ready at the start. So it's almost one of those things where it's was like, Oh, I've just got this song in my head that I'm going to play. You can record it if you like, and we'll just see if I end up using it or we may not use it. Like it didn't necessarily feel like a big pre planned thing. It was just going, You ready? Yeah, okay, we'll just, because it's just him and, an, and the acoustic mm-hmm. guitar, which is, yeah, very cool. And then, yeah, so you you said you nominated the version without Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. But yeah. We, did, we did take some notes. I did get some notes on Mrs. Robinson. Okay. Evan Dando hates Mrs. Robinson, the song. And he literally only recorded it because he wanted to piss off Paul Simon. And then, no. And then Paul Simon was like, I hate your version. And Evan was like, awesome. That's, that's literally. I've achieved what that's I literally wanted literally to do. I've wanted. done what I wanted to do. Apparently, Art Garfunkel kind of okay with it, but Paul Simon hated it. And he was like, cool. Because. I hate you and I hate this song. Why? So, all I why wouldn't like you like Paul Simon? Off. I have no That's idea, bizarre. but this was this was all the. Yeah. Um, That's documented, sure. Okay. Told American Songwriter he hated the song as well as its author and that recording was only to promote a 25th anniversary home video release of The Graduate. He noted, Simon greatly disliked the cover, but Garth uncle was more favored. Uh, Paul Simon hates our version and that was our aim. We played it to make him hate it. So, we achieved our goal. It <laughs> was also the way
2: to be in when alternative yeah. was becoming mainstream. Of course to hang on to these things and be anti mm. the legends that came before you I'd be surprised yeah. if you felt the same way today Yeah about that, because that song has had a lot to do. What's with made him his career? Oh,
0: like all, like, yeah. Oh, but I think part. this
1: interview. I don't think it was from too long ago, though. Like, oh, not right. not, not just go. recently. Yeah. But I don't think it was from when it came out. I think it was yeah. somewhere at like fifteen years, maybe gotcha. after it came out or something. Wow. There you go. So you're still not so. Fond he's of just. It. He's just. But like you said, yeah. just completely upfront. Like most people wouldn't say that. Most people are like, oh yeah, it was a tribute to a songwriter I really respect or yeah. a song I really love or something. Because you so how does paid. that come
0: about then that he gets that that. Does the producer or their manager say, hey, yeah. listen, we want you to cover this and we've got the rights already, it's fine, yeah. and off you go. Is it that, as right. simple yeah, as that? Someone
2: on his team would yeah.
0: make a suggestion
2: and he went through with it and then somebody on his team put it out and made it work. Yeah. And whilst he's not getting paid royalties for the recording of that, a lot of people bought tickets to
1: see Lemonheads play mm. because of that sure. song. Like yeah. a lot. Yeah. He, yeah. Did, he didn't play it at the zoo. That zoo show that I Didn't saw here yeah. and I imagine at the time I was pissed. Yeah. But now looking back, I'm, and like, know, especially knowing what I know now, I'm like, okay, that's yeah. that's fine. I wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But yeah, I imagine at the time I. It's what up, you man, do for exposure. I, was, I mean, as you, yeah. say, you yeah. know,
0: at the time. Um. Okay. All right. Well, look. Um. Anything else you want no, to? do No, that's all good.
1: I'm all good. If you want to go to, I'm a final happy pitch. to
0: go for final pitch for, uh, Lemonheads. It's a shame about Ray over yep. you, asho Please, well, my
2: final pitch on it is about the way music makes you feel and connects with you emotionally. So for me, the entire 40 minutes or however long this album goes for from start to finish makes me feel great and made me feel great from the first time I heard it mm-hmm. to the hundreds and hundreds of listens until this morning when I played it again and it made me feel great. And whilst there's a element of nostalgia, I guess, in it. Sure. It, it's it's not 30 years that. old. <laughs> it's not just that, though. It's still... Mm-hmm. For me, it just is almost perfect music, and it just brings joy, even though there's moments of darkness. And sure. The 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 album, it's not twee, it just um, is full of joy. I love the story of the Australian connection. It does visually put me in the inner western suburbs of Sydney and make me feel like I'm. And Newtown's those cool, buds. I know Newtown. Yeah. And all of oh. that. And yeah, and I guess being a fan for many years before the band had yeah, success. Yeah, you saw them. Yeah. And many years afterwards, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's it's stayed with me for 30 years and I'll I'll play it for the rest of my life, I'm sure, and, and it'll bring me much joy. Yeah.
0: Great. Nice. Thank you. Liam, over to uh, you, sir. A cool. thumbs up or a thumbs down for It's a Shame About Ray by the Lemonheads.
1: Yeah. So like I said, this is the first time I'd heard a full album by them and I knew Evan Dando enough to know the kind of stuff that he did, but I hadn't listened to it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool to have like you can feel lots of different elements in there and it's 1992. So he's drawing from country and stuff that he probably grew up on, but also folk occasionally a little bit of grunge sound in there, just in the guitar parts, that sort of stuff. That's all. That's really cool all the way through. I'm a bit torn. Oh, so here we go. A lot of the times when we do, if an album's flawless or not, we go, all these songs were awesome. Amazing, amazing songs, but there's one, this one I didn't get into. Yeah. This case, there's nothing that I didn't get into. There's nothing that I was like, this would be better if it wasn't on the album or it's out of place or whatever. But there were just enough songs that I kind of listened to and I went, okay, that's nice. And I didn't really get anything much more out of it. So Bit Part of Your Life, I think is a really cool concept. But I just listened to it and went, oh yeah, okay, cool. And I moved on. And then same with um, Hannah and Gabby Mm -hmm. and just a couple of other songs. So I'm going to say no, that it's flaw. I don't think it's flawless for me. But I'll also say learning about Evan Dando... Most people build albums to be, hey, this is my big document, my thing that I want to tell people. It's my magnum opus. Every album is a big effort. Evan Dando doesn't feel like he puts albums together like that. So when I say it's not flawless, it's almost like because Evan Dando doesn't try to make flawless albums, he just puts songs together. Like you can't go, like, you can't finish an album on a solo acoustic cover of a song from the Hair Musical and go, but I want this album to be taken really seriously Mm -hmm. and it's a really big deal. I, reading yeah. the interviews and stuff with him it doesn't feel like he's shooting for this is my album this is my big important thing that i have to tell people it's more like here's a bunch of songs that i have i probably did like three times as many as i've got on the album and these are the ones that i picked and here it is and putting albums out is just my way of staying connected to music and i like performing i like writing but it, more than i think any other album we've ever looked at this album didn't feel like it wanted to be flawless so i'm gonna say no wow wow but I, with the ticket, like yeah. I, just, I just, don't feel like that's what he was aiming for anyway. Totally agree. But thank, thank for, you because I know me, you know more yeah. about Evan than I for do. For me, it's flawless. Yeah,
2: because uh, of almost probably because, because of, of that. that. Yeah. yeah, because of mm-hmm. that because
1: he didn't care because yeah, because yeah. And I was thinking, about, was like, that make like if he's too cool, we're getting to be deep cool, here, yeah, guys. <sighs> if he's too cool to be cool, doesn't that make him the coolest? And I should say it is flawless, but it's it is a couple of those songs that I don't really too get cool anything out cool. of. But it's like <laughs> it's saying no, and you know how normally we go. And if I was going to produce the album, I'd get them to do this. Yeah, move that. I like, yeah, move that. Yeah, There's no point Can't doing. It. There's no, no point no. doing any of that. Yeah. No. He didn't make this for anyone to think it was flawless. It's just a bunch of songs that he likes. And so I say no, like with the lightest heart that I've ever yeah. said no to before, because I'm just like, and I don't okay. think he cares, and I don't think that's what he was aiming for anyway. Wow. Thank you, Grant. Yes. Final, final thoughts in a thumbs up or a thumbs down
0: look I, I I came into this with a mrs. Robinson that was the only track that I'd ever heard of um, and to really I suppose cut it short well in fact it may this may have happened once in in the 105 odd episodes <laughs> that we've done before whereby yeah. we've I wasn't sure going in whether we were including the last song mm-hmm. and so um, I left my house going it's not going to be flawless because whilst i appreciate everything up to mrs robinson mrs robinson in there as tractor 13 for me mm-hmm. like is not with a the theme of of any of the rest mm-hmm. of the stuff yeah. it's just it's Doesn't just not sense. there and i've we've we've in previous episodes de- denied or, or you know not said it was flawless because it was written by someone else
1: or it's like mm-hmm. an add-on and so yeah um, so it's not we don't hate covers but if it's like if you, if all of your songcraft is about your words, yeah, and then you throw in a cover that's someone yeah. else's words that don't feel connected to your words, then that's a big then it doesn't that doesn't, that doesn't go. Yeah.
0: So um so coming into this literally this session, I was like, uh, it's it's nice, but I can't say it because they've been silly about Mrs. Robinson. Mm-hmm. Now you've dropped Mrs. Robinson, and I'm going, hey, I like Frank Mills, and I like um, the, the guitar solo at the end. So. For mine, I do think it is flawless. Nice. So thank you very much. Thank um, you. It was great for it was great to listen to them, um, to listen to the album in its entirety, um, and yeah, it's a flawless Sweet. from me. Awesome. And um, thanks very much for bringing it, Ashley. Yeah. Much thank appreciate. you for having me,
1: guys. All so, good. Thank you for joining us. Yeah.
0: So um, and thank you to all the listeners. We have uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Flawless Amp, and all of those. So you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, or give us a rating. Remember, every little bit helps us find more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we also have the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash flawless AMP. If you'd like to back us, please check that out. Thanks again for listening and also have a listen um, and check out Footstomp Stomp um, on all the socials, and we'll see you next time. Bye. I don't want the two dollars back Just ten